You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to participate, please feel free to call in 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We do not have any new callers, so let's get weird with it. Nate, what you got going on, man? Hey, Ryan. I got a question. Um, I got, well, I guess more of an idea for a possible segment, because I know I've called in with lots of movie recommendations, and I've yeah. heard a lot of other people call in with different movies and TV show recommendations for you. But we never get a resolution as to if you watch them and True. if you ended up liking them or not. So uh, do you ever have any plans to either on After Dark here have like a like an end segment or a beginning segment where you kind of like go over the ones that you've seen, which ones you liked, which you liked about them, just kind of breaking them down a little bit. I don't know. I think I would, uh, I would, I would listen to something like that. So maybe other people would go back out. You're getting me into some hot waters here, man. Because now you you know you you know what you're doing, Nate. You know exactly what you're doing. You are getting me to start another podcast. Okay, that's what you're doing. Um, I mean, it would be a good excuse to tell my wife that I have to watch this movie. You know what I mean? Like, honey, I'd love to take out the garbage, but I have to watch a movie. So, um, uh, as as far as the resolution part. I'll be honest, I haven't watched a bunch of them because the vast majority are on something that I don't have. Uh, HBO Plus or whatever. And like I said, I'm, I'm not going to pay for it just because, you know, I, I could do it once. It's not a big deal. But, you know, you get 10 recommendations. Now you spend 50 bucks and, you know, the recommendations just don't stop coming. So um, it's a lot of money. But I um, we should do something. Maybe I should get a spreadsheet out and try to keep track of them and just kind of put down like where you can watch them and all that stuff because a couple of them have been on there and I haven't watched them. Maybe this is like a Patreon slash uh, Substack thing where I just do a quick little recap of my thoughts on stuff that we talked about so we can get a little bit more in-depth on non-Packer stuff and just kind of get a little weird with it somewhere else. You know what I mean? It's not a bad idea. I don't know if I should do like a whole new call-in show about just all different stuff because then there'd be none of that here but maybe people would appreciate it if there was none of that here and we just kept them separate i don't know talk amongst yourselves figure out what the heck you want um as of right now none of that stuff has happened and probably shouldn't happen but now you made me want it to happen so i don't know we'll see what happens yo this is dakota that nerd in tennessee put up uh, i was just listening to you talk ryan about uh what is all in and that's that's fun. I was thinking about it, and I was like, I don't really have a definition of it. Uh, but then, you know, I thought a little bit more, and I'm like, you know what? Here's here's one. Let's let's. I'm gonna throw one out there. This is not technically my uh, official what I believe all in is at the moment. Maybe it will become it. But so all in cannot be. Uh, let's see. So if we say all in is the person that spends the most, then. The team that spends the most obviously has to have the most cash.
cap to begin with in right. order to spend the most. So all 32 teams can technically be all in. Well, and, and that was a point that I've made before. If all in means spending all of your money, pretty much all 32 teams do that. They leave a little bit of a cushion. Pretty much all teams do. Um, but everybody pretty much spends all the money. So that doesn't make a lot of sense. It can't just be one person or one team. So let's go with the definition of uh, if they have a, a certain amount, I don't know, of money left. You got to have like what ten million dollars for emergencies left over. Sure. So if you have ten million dollars or less left on the cap, that is considered going all in for that year. What well, is that a bad idea? Is that stupid? Am I forgetting something? I don't know. You tell me. Peace. I mean, it's a start, because I know I was talking to uh, Cheeseballin, who gave me a huge list that he is. Uh, he really wants me to read of things that he disagrees with. I told him to call in. He doesn't want to call in. He wants me to read all of it and then, and then do it on the show, which I said I would do it on the morning show, but I don't have any time, because I spend 40 minutes covering the 10 things, and then I have very little time to cover the Packers topics, but anyways... Um, having talked with him, I know there's a sense of you have an opportunity and you didn't take it. So if you have $10 million sitting there and you let an opportunity go past you, you're probably not considered all in at that point. So I, I guess you could say maybe that that is a starting prerequisite, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're all in, right? We'd have to look at some other factors, but yeah, if you're sitting with $12 million in the bank and, and I mean, there's certainly something you could have done, right? So not in the bank, I guess, in, in cap space. But yeah, I that would be my thought, that that's a start, but not necessarily the whole sum of it. Hey, Ryan, Dan from California. Hey. I was just thinking about a theory that I had last year that uh, didn't necessarily come true. All right. But kind of because Aaron Rodgers has the way he likes to play everything, but just the profile of Christian Watson and what he can do as a football player, it makes me think that maybe he might be our Alan Lazard primary slot guy. Picture the Rams game, I think that was 2020, I believe, or 2019, where he goes to make the block and he gets the, you know, so basically, like a kind of like a skinny post right down the middle of the field at, on a play action play, and maybe somebody like Jalen Hyatt could be drafted in the second and be our outside boundary guy, and you know who's also fast enough to be kind of a gadget guy. But it's it just just imagine having Romeo Dobbs and Hyatt on the outside, and then you got this six foot four speed demon that can do jet sweeps and go deep over the middle and you got two other fast guys that threaten with deep overs it just sounds very scary <laughs> let me know your thoughts go back up yeah i mean this is one of those areas and I've, I've had other questions like this you know as far as like you know putting a, a bunch of tight ends out wide and everything and it's kind of a yeah i don't know why it wouldn't work and why they don't do it i'd have to see it you know it seems like it would be a heck of a mismatch to have a 270 pound guy up against you know, some 192-pound corner. You know, it's it's a, it's a mismatch. He's taller, he's stronger, he's not faster, but who cares? But then it's one of those things, you run it out and it doesn't work, and then you watch and go, oh, okay, that's why you don't do that. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, obviously they have these things called big slots. I, this is one of the things I've kind of struggled with, just, just the terms of, of as far as like big slots and, and tight ends and everything else. Um, why there isn't more flexibility? Why can't you do this and that and the other thing? You know, I mean, just like you said, you just picture Christian Watson in the slot or, or heck, put Christian Watson in at tight end, right? Well, that sounds stupid. Okay, it's stupid. But what do you got? You got, what, a linebacker covering Christian Watson who's going to run down the field wide open? Well, no, they'd put a corner on him. Well, okay, would they? Would they put a corner at line? Would, would he just line up, like, in line, like, right on the hip of the edge rusher? Or, I don't know. I, I've, I've never seen it, so I don't know what would happen. I'm sure it's a stupid thing to ponder, but this is where I sit with these kinds of questions. Could we put Christian Watson in? I feel like you can put him pretty much wherever you want. Could you put him in the backfield? Well, sure. I mean, why couldn't he run a wheel route? I mean, there's still assignments, right? You say, well, they, they wouldn't just put a linebacker on him or whatever in man cut. Well, who are they going to put on him? Why wouldn't that work? I don't know. But nobody does it, so it probably wouldn't work. I have no idea. But yeah, sure. Let's try it. <laughs> I mean, my understanding is he's not a slot guy. And generally with slot guys, you picture like the smaller, shiftier, you know, making moves in tight spaces. But then again, you get, again, like the, the big slot guys. Well, the purpose of that is the size and he has that and then you know you add in the speed and obviously you can challenge down the field and so yeah i, I don't know man it, it's not going to happen but it's an interesting thing to think about i guess what's up ryan what hey up? so you just listened to the pod today kind of nailed it all those people that live in the past they're probably really good at like you know when they tell you we should get drafted g higgins because yeah and i don't remember but i don't Remember the team that drafted and won a Super Bowl. But anyway, side <laughs> point. Um, you know, you know how you can tell you think all in. Uh, it's, it's only all in if it works. If right. it doesn't work, you didn't do enough. If it works, right. you did enough. That's such a stupid thing. Well, and that's that's primarily what it sounds like. Well, you could have done more. Well, no freaking kidding. You could have done more. You always could have done more, or you could have done something differently. So what? We're not, that's the thing. It's not constructive. If I can't take the information and apply it moving forward, it's useless. It's just pissing and moaning about you did this and you should have done this. Yeah, okay, probably. You should have got OBJ. Dude, do you know how garbage that guy was? Do you know how garbage he's been for how long and all the injuries and how old he is and how much money that guy wants and all the drama and all the nonsense with him? We didn't all, like, what's he getting? $15 million, basically, I think, fully guaranteed right now. Who knows, man? Maybe Baltimore wins a Super Bowl and we could have done it. Could have, would have, should have, man. But you don't know. I don't know. But I want to focus on things that we can actually fix moving forward. What, what is the thing we should have done? Well, you should have just done something differently. Okay, well, well, Goot, whenever you think about doing something, do something different. Except when you do good things, do those things. But then when you do bad things, do something different. Even though you don't know what that is. As opposed to, how do we get 100% out of our guys? All right, our guys go from 100% down to 16%, 50%, 60%, and it's all our superstars, and we were inches away from winning the freaking football game. If we get a half a percent better from everybody, we win the game. If we get you know everybody playing at 80%, we win the Super Bowl. So I don't want to sit here and nitpick nonsense. That doesn't mean anything. It doesn't help anybody. I'd like to focus on things that we can actually fix. I don't know exactly how to fix it, but at least I can see the actual problem and say that's what needs to get fixed. Culture, locker room, coaching, something. Fix it. Freaking teams come in. 
hot weather teams coming to Lambeau Field, number one seed, snow in the air, and we get freaking embarrassed? That should never, ever, 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 ever happen. Our quarterback doesn't show up, the running backs, the tight ends, nobody shows up for that game? And I'm worried that we didn't add another one. Dude, screw another one. I just, I'm, it's so, we're just looking at the wrong stuff. Well, um, so that's not why I called. Uh, but yeah, all those people that uh, live in the past. You go. From the past and, and, and that kind of thing, too. Uh, yeah, it's called uh, Monday Morning Quarterback, Dumb yeah. Dumb. And my wife hates it when I call people names. But she's an angel. But yeah. anyways, yeah, Dumb Dumb is called second and, or, uh, Monday Morning Quarterback. Any ding-dong with a half a brain cell can tell you what you should have done after it's done. Right, and that's like... So look at all the team, the the, uh, the year that the Rams won the Super Bowl. Should the uh, Bengals have gotten Odell Beckham? Or, you know, probably done anything to fix the offensive line? How about the Chiefs? Should the Chiefs have gotten Odell Beckham? Could you imagine Odell Beckham and Tyreek Hill? Yeah, I guess maybe they should have. They probably should have. And if they had, maybe they would have won the Super Bowl, but they didn't. So what? What do we do now? How does that help me moving forward? It doesn't. We're just pissing and moaning. That doesn't help. Does that mean the Jets should have gotten them because they should have got them before? No, it's different circumstances. It's a different situation with a different price tag and a guy with another injury and he's 30 years old. And Okay, well, if it doesn't help me moving forward, can we stop talking about it? You're not providing any information on how things should be moving forward because you're not really providing any information on how we should have known how to proceed in the past because you don't know other than to, as you said, Monday morning quarterback, which is you have to have future knowledge and then apply it to the present and say, here is what you should, you know, you got to get a time machine, go back and say, I know the future, therefore, and because we don't have a time machine, let's stop wasting our time talking about stuff that doesn't help me. How does that help me figure out what the Packers should do in 2023? It doesn't. It doesn't. So, you got us there. Anyways, so I, I like that show, Ted Lasso. It's kind of cool. And I know Rogers has mentioned it before. And they have a character on the show now, like called Zaba or Zaza. He's like a one-name guy, like Pele. And the dude, like, transcends humanity. Like, he walks into a room, doesn't even, like, recognize other humans. He simply just says Zaza or whatever his name is has arrived. And it's almost kind of even looks like Rogers. <laughs> I wonder if they're not like teasing Aaron Rodgers, you know, with his mental superiority over all of, you know, the rest of leads on the planet. You know, it's like, it's like they're teasing Aaron Rodgers. And yeah, the guy like thinks not of his teammates and he just knows. When I am here, we will win because I am me. That's—it's kind of funny how uh, that happens. Anyways, I don't know if you watched the show. No, I haven't seen it. It's worth maybe just watching the—I can't remember which one I watched last night that had him playing and acting all like basically a Jesus. But anyways, uh, hey, go back, go and—is it uh, draft season yet, or is it draft yet, or is it uh, pajama league yet? I mean, I just want to see footballs be thrown, but cry aloud. Trying to know football. All right, I'm going to go home and drink excessively. Smoke a cigar. You have a great night, sir. Have a good one. Yeah, I just looked up uh, the... It's Zava, Z-A-V-A, um, on the show Ted Lasso. And yeah, he does kind of have an Aaron Rodgers. He's got that tall, 
face, you know, tall, thin face, whatever. I have not seen that. I might check it out, but probably not. But yeah, no, it's, uh, it's whatever it is as far as moving forward. Um, I just want a different energy in the locker room. That's about it. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go ahead and leave it at that because I don't want to finish the thoughts. <laughs> As far as potentially maybe not all of it is out of the locker room. But anyways. Hi, Ryan. Ben from Sockville again. Hey. Um, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate what you do here. Sure. Um, I just wanted to ask uh, a non-football question and then more of a football statement. Sure. So you mentioned how it's good to hear new voices, um, people who have been listening for a long time. And I just wanted to know, maybe it's a generational thing or maybe it's a personality thing. I want to know if you have the same experience that I do. And uh, I'm, I'm one of those late 90s tweener type of guys who's like can't really relate to millennials. I think technically I'm a Gen Z, but I don't want to be affiliated with that uh, SHIT show. <laughs> So you know, but I think that's what I technically am. Okay. But uh, I don't. I don't really understand why. But for some reason, just uh, just a phone call gives me like weird anxiety. Like oh, yeah, my I heart get rate gets elevated, and you know I don't really understand myself because uh, this is not really like intimidating at all. Right. But there's just something about it that like gets me all tingly. And um, I get nervous, so that's kind of why I didn't call in for a long time. But, like, yeah, it's weird because in my late to middle teens, it was, like, impossible for me to call and order a pizza because somehow it just really got to me nerves-wise. So. Dude, in college? So in when I was in college, even... Um... I had a bunch of money because I took a year off and worked, and so I was pretty loaded. I had a bunch of money in the bank, and so I was flaunting that around, and I had a roommate, and we both like pizza. We go get toppers, dude. Toppers is some good pizza. Get some topper sticks, whatever. And basically, the arrangement was, I'll pay for it. You got to call and order it, and then you got to go down and get it. So that was the arrangement, and it was because I just, I really didn't want to, first of all, I didn't want to have to get up and go downstairs and get it and deal with that and all the the tipping and things that go along with that and everything else um but yeah the calling like i just i just even even now i really don't like it and i don't understand it because like if you're standing in front of me i'd be like hey what's up but if i had to get out my phone and like call you there is like this weird build-up thing i don't know i don't know what that is and it's weird because it's like i'm i'm not a tweener i was born in the 80s so i was all through the 90s i love the test phone would ring i'd go sprint like i got it answer the phone like begging can i call grandma can i call, can I, call, call? I want to call her let me call um i don't know at what point it became like this thing like dude i i don't want to call somebody like that's crazy i don't know what it is there is like this weird even like stuff that you got to do my wife is always on me about it and then she's like well do you want me to do it and it's like are you kidding like i'm not a child but i kind of am like she's like do you want me to call walgreens and check on that for you like are you serious so like it has has like I'll tell her no and then she'll do it and I'll hear her and she's like my husband has I'm like what are you doing don't do that like I can do it I just need a minute all right I gotta psych myself up a little bit listen to a little Slipknot and then I'll call and check on it <laughs> I 
I don't know. It's it, it is a weird thing with the phone. I don't understand it. I have no idea why. Even people like family or friends, it's not a big like obviously it's not a thing. The phone is just a weird thing. I don't understand it. I don't know when 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 did that happen? Maybe when phone calls became all not always great. And there became like this decorum thing instead of just being like this cool way to like call grandma and stuff, you know? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. But I know what you mean about the anxiety. I have that too, and I don't understand why. I just want to know if you or maybe anybody else who listens ever has that experience when making a phone call. Like, By the way, that's why I love ordering online. I don't call for pizzas anymore. If, if the pizza place doesn't have an online ordering thing, my wife's calling. That's just the bottom line. And I'm not going to tell her, like, I don't want to call, so you have to do it. But it's just kind of like, we should get pizza. And you just kind of, like, keep pushing it. And she's like, so, and you know, like, I, and then I'll get, like, a pepperoni or whatever. So if you want to call, just, you know, it's fine. No big deal. You know, I'll, 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 I'll clean the kitchen. I'll go clean up the table or whatever. Like, don't worry about it. If you just want to, uh, you call, you do that job. I'll do the, the hard stuff over here. Don't worry about it. But, yeah, just order online for sure. But then, like, if I go to a restaurant, it's not, like, there's no anxiety with interacting with people. And I do have, like, social anxiety. It's actually pretty, I've had some severe social anxiety issues. But I, like, we went out to, my wife and I, like, I think we're up to, like, five dates now in ten years. It was awesome. We went last week to our, we got, like, a spot now, which is crazy. We've been there twice. It's this Italian place. Freaking love it. You gotta make reservations, which is kind of stupid, but it's also kind of cool, because it's like, the chef needs to know exactly how many people are gonna be there, so he knows how much stuff to make fresh. It's like, oh yeah, dude, that's what I'm talking about. And they kind of, like, slipped us in last minute, and then they ran out of, like, this dish that I love, and I was like, oh, you just, you stabbed me in the heart, and then he's like, let me recommend a new dish that's got, like, the kind of the same ingredients, and then we'll, like, sprinkle some of that cheese on there, and, like, you know, we'll, we'll kind of make it like that dish. No big deal. Don't worry about it. I got you, bro. No issues. Like, no issues with, like, the other people in there. But if I had to call... By the way, my wife did call. She called and made the reservation. I'm not doing that. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not making the reservation. If I saw him face-to-face, I'd talk to him. I'd be like, hey, what's up, man? Can we make a reservation? Blah, blah, blah. No big deal. I'm not calling him, though. If you tell me step outside and call me, no. I'll talk to you right here. I don't understand it. Um, we, me and you, Ben, we're freaks. This is somewhere new for the first time. And then my second part is I just want to say thank you, sir, for putting some respect on Hendon Hooker's name. Boom. I've been saying since about January, Hendon Hooker should be a first round pick. I don't think he should be the first pick. I don't think he should be a top ten pick. I think Hendon Hooker by all means should go at the back end of the first round because he is a legitimately talented quarterback with an awesome arm, and he's shown very much potential. So thank you for pointing that out on your last podcast. And then I have one more thing, but I'm about to run out of time, so I'm going to call back with that. I'll talk to you in a second. Yeah, I mean, it it wasn't my personal scouting opinion necessarily, but yeah, I mean, if you go look at SIS, um, you've got the two top guys. And then you got the next two guys that everybody thinks are great that are actually complete garbage. And then you've got the third guy, Hendon Hooker. And there is a drop-off, right? You got the top two guys, and then there's a gap, and then there's Hendon Hooker. So it makes sense. Late first, early second, I guess. Something like that. Mid-first, maybe? I don't know. I know everybody hates him. <laughs> I can tell you that. There is a strong consensus that this dude can't play. And, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm not really interested in getting into that battle. It's not my thing. Um 
I mean, I could make it my thing, but I haven't done that yet. So we'll see how that goes. But let's see. Uh, let's get to your next part here. All right, Ryan. It's Ben from Shocksville again. Um, on top of my Hendon hooker take, yeah. I just want to put this out there, mark it down, do what you got to do, come yep. back to me in about four years. But uh, mark my words, Jalen Hyatt yeah. will be the best receiver from this draft class. Tennessee guy, right? All right, book it. Calling it right here, right now. I'm on the record. Um, what do you think about that right tackle they got? Super good or what? I don't really like any of the other guys, which that's not completely true. I do like Smith and Jigba. Um, but Quentin Johnson, I'm not into him at all. He seems, for a guy who's so big and physical, he seems pretty soft. I feel like everybody, like if this was last year's draft, they're all second-round picks. I, just, I keep going based on, and granted, that was a pretty loaded class, but I just keep looking at guys like, um, man, I'm going to forget everybody's name. I don't want to say Christian Watson because that was a little bit more. Some people liked him. Some people hated him. But, you know, some of the bigger name guys. Uh, bah, bah, bah. Who the heck is the... Whatever. You know, you know, you know what I'm talking Like, there were some legit second-round guys. I can't imagine Quentin Johnston being clearly ahead of any of those guys in the second round. Watson and... Is it George something? I keep wanting to say George Clinton. That's an entirely different thing. Pickens. Pickens is the guy. I would not put... I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, granted, I, I got Pickens ahead of, of a lot of people, but even in Jigba, man. Like, like I said, I, I, I didn't... I'm not an Ohio State guy. I didn't sit and watch every single Ohio State game, but the couple games that I did watch with Smith and Jigba, I liked Garrett Wilson better in those games. So I would have at least put Garrett Wilson ahead. So it's like, you know, maybe Njigbo would be kind of in the Olave range, maybe ahead of Olave, I don't really know. Maybe it just would have been one, two, three, boom, boom, boom for the three of them. But everybody else, dude, especially the smaller guys like Jordan Addison, everybody's so small. Like I, I, I you listen to the podcast tomorrow, I, I didn't touch on Hyatt yet, but I um, did talk about Zay Flowers. I like Zay. I like him a lot. But he is just that classic... You know, guy that I like, that small and shifty slot guy that never actually materializes in the NFL and is almost always at best a second-round pick. Guy that I want in the second that falls into the third or something, you know? Where did K.J. Hamler go? I mean, that's, that's what I'm seeing with, like, Zay Flowers. It's K.J. Hamler. I liked him, but he didn't go as early as I wanted him to, and he didn't materialize in the NFL. So, yeah, I'm just, I just, I don't think, I mean, I don't think it's a super good class, period. Most of the guys I'm watching, it's like, yeah, he's good. It's fine. But I just think, man, you take some of the, the offensive linemen, some of the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, they just absolutely eviscerate this class. Maybe not running back and tight end, but um, yeah, it's, it's, I just think it's not, not super top tier kind of across the board. doesn't really seem to want to use that physical gift he has. So I'm not into that at all. I think Jordan Addison is decent. I would be fine if the Packers picked him with their first or second round pick, but just doesn't really seem to have a good NFL skill set. And like I mentioned in my last call, I trust in Goot. So if Goot ultimately decides he wants to pick Quentin Johnson, right. then by all means, in Goot we trust. Right. I'm sure they'll pay to make Christian Watson 
Quentin Johnston train roll with Jordan Love, but um, yeah, if I had to pick anybody, I would by all means select Jalen Hyatt with the first round pick because I do truly believe he is going to be the best receiver out of this class. I don't know if you've watched him at all, but just his Alabama game right. is like music to my ears to watch him carve through what's supposed to be one of the better defenses in college football. So, anyway, like I said, I appreciate you. Uh, keep on doing what you're doing. Keep up the good work. Go Pack Go, and uh, it's time to get on the love train, y'all. Yes, so sir. Let's get ready for a wonderful season behind our new superstar, number 10, J-Love. All right, bye-bye now. Yeah, I, I haven't. I've, I have watched him. Um, I, I kind of did like a run through of watching everybody once. Um, so I, I have kind of a half opinion, but it's kind of a useless opinion. But I'm excited to go back through because I have changed some of my thoughts as I've gone back through. I definitely want to watch that Alabama game, but I'm, I'm going to have to watch more than that because obviously that's going to kind of skew um, my opinion slightly, probably, I would assume. So um, yeah, I'll have to watch a couple games of his. Because that I think that is the big concern with Jalen Hyatt. You know, is that is it like a one game, one year wonder kind of thing, or is he legit? The the thing that that gets me constantly excited about Jalen Hyatt is, and I've talked about it a, a bunch of times already, but it's the pairing of Hyatt and Christian Watson, and the parallels between that and being the Miami Dolphins. Would the Packers have any interest in that? I don't know, but it is an exciting thought. You bring in a guy that's faster than freaking Christian Watson. You know, Watson is your he's your slow receiver. I mean, good lord, good lord. I don't know if he's a good receiver, but that's crazy. Let's sneak Benton's uh, last question in here real quick, and then we'll take a break. Hey Ryan, hey, Foxville again. Sorry, I'm uh, bothering you a lot. It is a tad loud there, sir. You on a train? I'm listening to Packernet After Dark. Somebody brought up Cam Newton. And uh, I just wanted to say, I actually made a list in my phone of quarterbacks better than Cam Newton. <laughs> I'm going to read them off to you. All and right. Just uh, give me a yes or no if you agree or disagree on these guys. And this is in no particular order. I have Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Mike White. Mac Jones, Mike White, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley, Kenny Pickett, Baker Mayfield, Sean Watson, Jacoby Brissett, Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Nick Mullins, Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, Tua Tungavailoa, Josh Allen, Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts, Gardner. Jack Prescott, Taylor Heineke, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Trevor Lawrence, Davis Mills, Ryan Tannehill, Justin Herbert, Pat Mahomes, Jimmy Garoppolo, Russell Wilson, Brock Birdie, Geno Smith, Kyler Murray, Matt Stafford, Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite, a <laughs> uh, bag of peanuts. Um, anyway, I mean, reading the whole list was probably unnecessary, but I did it anyway. 
because Cam Newton is a clown and should probably just retire because nobody has, and nobody got time for that. So, uh, anyway, thanks for uh, taking all my ridiculous calls. I appreciate you. Go Pack Go. Uh, talk to you later. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not going to lie, I kind of zoned out a little bit in the middle there. I think the train was kind of lulling me to sleep. But I, I, I would say that uh, I can read the list here. Um, most of them are certainly better. Uh, clearly Uncle Rico, because he can throw a football over those them there mountains. But, um, yeah, no, you're, you're probably about right. What, what was that list? Was that 32, you said? So, yeah, I guess, I guess that uh, makes him a backup. Hey, man, it's Jimmy. Um, I have a real quick one here. I just want to distill this whole, like, going all in thing down into one basic comparison. Sure. Very simple. And I, you've, you've put it all out there, but I know you get real emotional and exasperated yeah. and uh, improve it and in a scientific way, which is really cool. Um, my brain works in a totally different way. More, it's like more of a language thing. Yeah. And what I've recognized is that going all in – gives you a chance to win the Super Bowl. That's it. It gives you a chance. Uh, sustained success gives you a chance each year, or at least most of the years. And that's the difference. Going all in doesn't guarantee anything. No. It just gives you a chance. But there's many, many things that can go wrong when you're in a, a an elimination game sport. So you get one chance when it comes down to it in that do or die game. And if you've gone all in and something doesn't go right, well, then you're done. And that's that as opposed to uh, not going all in, maintaining sustained success, getting yourself into the tournament most years so that you have a chance to catch lightning in a bottle that year, as opposed to going all in, giving yourself one chance, basically hoping to catch that lightning in a bottle. So, uh, that's it. Yeah, and I, I think the comparison that I gave or, or the illustration that I gave looking at the odds at the beginning of the playoffs was probably the best way to view it, in my opinion, just from the standpoint of, you know, I will acknowledge that adding a player or something could potentially help the team. It's not a guarantee. If you add a wide receiver, then you add, it's, it's a zero-sum game, so you have to subtract somebody off of your team and if the player that you add is worse that ends up performing worse than the player that you just put on the bench which you wouldn't really know but it's possible then you go backwards but let's just assume that you do actually go up a little bit if you have a 13 percent chance of winning the super bowl um how much are you willing to damage your team let's say of the future with this all-in strategy of yours and how much does your do your chances go up? I mean, I, I really think that's a realistic cost-benefit analysis. And it sounds like to me, all-in means I don't want to hear about cost-benefit. I just want to hear about benefit. Don't tell me about cost. I don't care about cost. Okay, so then you take all the cost and whatever negatives that come with that, and then you go up to what? You're not going to get to 50%. Nowhere near it. The playoffs have just started, so 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 what are you going to get up to, 20%? Which are really good odds, as far as the playoffs are concerned. But are you willing to do serious damage to the next several years? Um, and, and, you know, you got to understand, serious damage could mean 
just one year of of cap hell and then we kind of get out of it you know if we get get like a bunch of one-year contracts or something and 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 uh you know push the money out with uh void years so that next year just absolutely sucks um or it could mean things like passing on a quarterback to get a wide receiver which has potentially 15 years of very serious ramifications so whether you want to hear it or not there is a cost and there is a benefit and a responsible gm has to look at both and the advoc the advocacy the advocacious i don't know the desire of people to advocate for the gm to completely abdicate his duties in looking at cost and benefit to me is absurd you have to look at cost you have to look at the future no matter what even in a quote-unquote all-in situation there is still a future like i said before it doesn't make sense are you all in or are you playing for the future both i'm gonna do as much as i can to try to help this year but a quarterback just fell into my lap dude we're calling an audible okay quarterback cool all right back on schedule that's it it's not that complicated anyways forgot to take a break patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you'd like to support the podcast uh big shout out to the uh pledges for the month of april we've got uh matt hebert who upped his pledge he's been uh kind of a big name lately um we got the pledge from mr zachary barnes back on the patreons and then we just got today josh rowmaker upped his pledge so thank you guys so much for your support i really really do appreciate that also, please remember to uh, get your t-shirt. I wish the um, store had a little bit of a better um, name to it. I haven't bought a domain name because I just don't want to spend the money. I'm going to end up losing more money than I make on these t-shirts. But the website is packernet-podcast.creator-spring.com. Or just get on social media, uh, Packernet Podcast Facebook page, Packernet Podcast Facebook group, or follow me on Twitter at pack underscore daddy. I'll be posting all the links and all that kind of stuff. Or if you want, go on Patreon. You can join for a buck and then buy yourself a t-shirt, get a little discount, and, you know, good to go. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now... Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. 
With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Ryan. Just uh, just got done listening to the latest Pack Night After Dark, and I uh, was listening to 1265 fan talk about how all of these movie recommendations always are, are on um, streaming services that you guys don't have, which I get. Um, the only reason that I have those is because Hulu and Netflix just kind of have sucked for movies lately. Um, like, I, I've already watched everything that's on there, and they... The thing that I was calling in um, to kind of see if it, it annoys you or anybody else as well is I feel like 90% of all the good stories and just good, good I don't know, good show or movie-making um, people are, are all making series now. Why is, it, why is everything a series? You know what what happened to what happened to movies? Yeah. I feel like I get like one good movie every every three months and. And maybe at that, but uh, but yeah, everything's like series, series, series. Now I scroll through Netflix, Netflix. It's like, oh, new series, new series. But I don't, I don't have time to sit down and watch a hundred episodes at forty minutes a pop. Like I just, I just don't have that time, man. Like I give up on TV shows because of that, because I can't watch seven at the same time. Movie, I can watch start to finish. It everything is resolved by the end of the movie, and it's you know at most like two or three hours. I I just watched um I just watched a TV show, and it's like I I really enjoyed the show, but it was seven episodes long, and they were each an hour long. So that's you know <laughs> that's that was a lot of my time. Yeah, that was a lot of my time. Um, it was it was The Last of Us, by the way. I do recommend checking out The Last of Us if you. If you can, uh, it is on HBO, so you would have to get HBO Max. But, but yeah, I don't know. Everything feels like it's just becoming a, a series, and nobody makes good movies anymore. But when I uh, when I do call in with recommendations, I'll try to keep it to Hulu and Netflix whenever they decide to update their movie categories. With that go. Yeah, I've definitely gone on plenty of tirades about how I don't think they really make very many good movies anymore. I'm sure there are some out there. Uh, you know, it's but everything is. Yeah. everything to me just feels kind of lazy. You know, like, what are the best movies? N- name the best movie that wasn't a remake or um, some kind of, like, a, you know, like a Marvel thing or whatever, which is just, you know, again, it's kind of like a remake. You know, we're, we're rehashing stories that have already been told. Who generated a story from nothing, and it was amazing? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's kind of similar to music. I I, had, I was watching um, somebody on Patreon had recommended, and I already forgot the guy's name, but um, he does some amazing like music reviews and stuff because we were talking about music on here, and he was talking about the Billboard charts in 1971 because I was watching his review of Yes, and he was talking about how Yes had come out with this album in 1971 and all the competition that they had and why Yes was kind of buried despite being a very good band, or maybe not the Billboard, but the uh, with, with the albums that were released that year. You had um, Led Zeppelin, uh, Led Zeppelin 4 or whatever, Black Sabbath, Master of Reality, uh, you had Rolling Stones, you had The Who, you had uh, Funkadelic, 
We had Pink Floyd, Marvin Gaye, What's Going On, John Lennon, Imagine, Janis Joplin, Jethro Tull, Elton John, Bill Withers, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, Genesis. I mean, it's just stuff that there's so many bands that will, and and songs and, and albums that people will have forever and remember forever. How many songs from this year are going to be remembered forever? Number one song apparently right now is called Last Night by Morgan Wallen. I don't know who that is. I've never heard of that person. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but do you think there was anybody in 1971 who didn't know who, you know, Led Zeppelin was? (laughs) Not a single human being on the planet. And they didn't have the internet or, or all the available information that we have, TikTok and Twitter and all the places that music gets out. They had AM radio and record stores. Do you think in 50 years people are going to know this song? Stairway to Heaven came out in 1971. What is what is the 2023 version, or 2022 for that matter, of, of Stairway to Heaven? What is the last song that was written that is Stairway to Heaven? That, you know, 20-year-old kids know what Stairway to Heaven is. In 50 years, what's that song? And I could tell you songs from, like, 2005 because I was in high school. But the same 20-year-old kids today who know Led Zeppelin, couldn't tell me anything about the songs that I listened to 15 years ago. They're already dead. Nobody's talking about Ludacris. Maybe they are, I have no idea. Twista? How many kids are bumping Twista these days? Nobody. Nobody cares. And movies are just, I don't know, I don't know how to make movies, so let's just remake movies. Top Gun, let's do that again. Why don't you make your own Top Gun? Why don't you make a movie that's as awesome as Top Gun? Why can't we do it anymore? What is going on in theater schools? You, you know what I would say? I'm, I'm going to make one recommendation. If anybody out there is writing movies and you're not getting any traction, let me give you just one, one thing that I think you should do. Just make a really good movie that has no message. Movies with messages suck. I don't need to be taught a lesson by you. Make a good movie. Make it controversial. Make it make you go like, oof. I probably shouldn't say that. Right, but people do say that. That's the point. It's real. People say that. People do that. People act that way. People think that way. Don't make a movie about utopia and and this wonderful message and this wonderful vision. Dude, stop doing that. It's not interesting. It's not entertaining. You're not going to change the world with your stupid movie. You're just making your movie suck. Just make a good movie. Don't preach to me. Don't teach me a single lesson about life. Not one. Don't do it. Not one lesson. Don't try to make me a better person. Your movie's going to suck. I'm telling you. That's it. That's my one message. Your movie just got 50% better. Hey, Ryan. It's Nate calling in again. Um, I actually had just had a recommendation pop into my head that is available on Amazon. Okay. And also, um, I think it's on Peacock, and it's on some of those smaller, like, free ones, like Pluto and Canopy. Right. So you can get access to it without having to pay any money. It's a comedy horror, because that's my jam. No. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's called Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. It's kind of like, it, it's a parody of, like, the whole, like, kids going off into the into the woods, into the mountains to, to stay in a cabin. I think, I, I saw one of them. And it was a real big thing. It was real. I, I again. I just the comedy horror thing. I I don't get it. It's like peanut butter and mayonnaise. You know. It's like I, I don't know why these two things have to go together. And really, in that case, the two things don't go together because it's not a horror. It's just a comedy. 
and it's making fun of horror, right? It's like the what was all those ones where they made fun of like I know what you did last summer and Scream and stuff, um, scary movie, right? Isn't that what it's called? I thought those were kind of entertaining. They're they're you can call it a comedy horror, but it's not. It's a comedy. It's a horror parody, maybe. Maybe I'm wrong about Tucker and Dale. Maybe there maybe there is something. Is that the one where like the the guy beats zombies with shovels and stuff? I just remember that scene. I don't know. I yeah. They shouldn't be saying that. Um, but yeah, it, it's a really it's a really funny movie. Um, it's actually got some uh, some like some people you probably recognize from it. Um, just some people uh, like uh, Steve the Pirate um, from Dodgeball. He he he's in that movie. So um, the other thing is, I do wish that I could uh, I could like mail mail you guys out like uh, like I could be like old school Netflix or like a blockbuster because <laughs> I have load of movies because i'm super weird um and in the year 2023 i collect blu-rays and dvds and i own most of the movies that i've been recommending so uh so yeah if uh if there was a way to do that i would totally send uh send out a rental for yeah. you to check out go back go i get it man yeah that'd be uh that would be kind of cool but such is life Ryan, I feel like over the years uh, listening to your podcast, it has uh, caused maturity in my uh, point of view when it comes to the draft and who we pick. Uh, in the past, uh, I was always like for the big splash player, the big playmaker, and uh, was always kind of like disgruntled after they picked the offensive tackle in the first round. And this year, I think I've come around to the understanding that if we do pick a top-tier tackle in the first round to protect love. I understand the value. I understand the reasoning uh, of protecting the quarterback and giving him the time to find his open player. And I think if he's given that time, our guys that we have right now are going to find a way to get open. So I do think that maybe in the late second or third and fourth, I think there is value for a slot receiver there to be chosen. Um, and hopes that in the second round they double dip and pick two tight ends. Because I think that uh, having those guys over the middle, I still believe that that's going to be the best scenario moving forward for Jordan Love to have those outlets. But uh, I do think that, you know, there are Dobbs-type quality receivers to be found in the third and fourth and maybe even fifth round. Because uh, if these guys are given the time to get open, they will get open eventually. So if Love has the protection, then I think the offense is going to function just fine. So uh, they pick a, a tackle. I'm totally okay with it now. I'm out. Yeah, I, I, I just wonder because my mind immediately goes to, you know, they, they have their layout, they have their board, and, and they're just going to stick to it, and they're not really going to focus too much on we need offense, we need defense, we need this, we need that. But I do wonder, you know, because it's all about data and making sure you have the good inf- good information and, and depth and things like that do matter, right? Like if, if wide receiver is super deep or tight end is super deep or whatever, then you might prioritize things a certain way, right? If you've got three options and two of them have a lot of depth and one of them does not and is about to fall off, you better take the one that's about to fall off. Now, the question is, are we going to be able to interpret that information or are we just talking for the sake of talking because if i don't know what the packers think then it doesn't really matter but if we know for example that they think tight end is is deep maybe we should think it's less likely that they take a type tight end at the top now if if they're significantly better the tight end that is they're i would assume they would take the tight end 
But again, if you've got multiple guys on a on a tier, you're less likely to take that, right? Kind of like my thought on wide receiver in the past. Why don't they take wide receivers? Well, because they had wide receivers. Well, what about best player available? Right. Well, the situation is if you have four, five, six guys on a tier, you're less likely to take tight end if you feel that that's a position that's already sort of taken care of. And so although it's not impossible that you end up taking a wide receiver, it becomes uh, statistically less likely. So, and again, you, you don't know these things going in, which is sort of the problem, but I just wonder how much some of that is calculated in terms of, you know, especially specifically, as opposed to rather than just saying deep, looking at it and saying, in the second round, we have this, in the third round, we have this, or is that too dangerous of a strategy to not take the best player that we see here because we think we can get him in the second, but if we don't, then we're just doubly screwed because we didn't take the best player in the first and we don't have that option in the second. You know, maybe just stick to what you got going on. I don't know. I don't know how much to to, to what degree they do that stuff. What's going on? It's Omar Firefighter. What are y'all doing? Hey, I'm just calling uh, to let y'all know. Uh, I think some people asked to, to say hey, you don't like paying for movies or wanting to watch some horror movies so you can get them for free. I'll give you the names of the top three, four sites, in my opinion, where you can watch movies for free, whether they're horror or anything. As long as you have internet, number one would be Tubi. Tubi TV has content, uh, free content. Number two would be Crackle. That has content as well. Action, horror, comedies. It started, actually, that one started as a comedy website and turned into like a movie website. Uh, next would be YouTube, obviously. YouTube has a lot all over some a lot of youtube has uh independent movies people trying to get movie deals you can find stuff as well as real ones and lastly you have pluto tv which is basically like its own cable service that's free you might have channels that just show like madlock 247 yeah. or you might have channels that show game shows all the time so it's like regular live tv but it also has an on-demand feature where you can watch movies um, so that's, that just helped y'all out if y'all want to save money on watching stuff. Now, I'm not saying all the movies on there are going to be great horror movies, but, you know, it, it gives you a little info about them, what you're doing, what you're going to look at, and you decide if you want to watch it. Uh, my football question would be, what happened to uh, was Danny Davis? Like, so I know he caught a touchdown pass from Jordan Love. It, it, it's funny, I watched a little quick highlight video, and they showed that. And I was like, what happened to him? Because, I mean, just because you catch a touchdown, I mean, you're a good player. But I know they waved him on like an injury thing. But it only looked like I couldn't find if he got signed by another team or anything. It just like vanished. So I kind of thought like, hey, give him a chance, see what happens with him. You know, this, this shouldn't be a bad pickup. Nobody want him, but maybe he got a real serious injury. I don't know. And the last football question would be, what are your five safest prospects? picks so like i'm assuming mayor michael mayor will be one of them mm-hmm. so i'm gonna say not michael mayor <laughs> make it hard for you there's a safest pick like you think like this person's gonna be good no matter what team he's on or whatever what's five players you think all right go back go all right well um i do appreciate i keep forgetting about those pluto uh crackle i don't think i've ever been to Tubi. i did know about i just i don't i don't think i don't know um as far as Mr. Danny Davis, he was released back in uh, August. 
And then um, I, I think he's just floating around out there. So, yeah, I mean, if they wanted to give him another shot, they could. But um, it doesn't sound great as, as far as prospecting goes because now is the time when everybody can load up, especially the Packers. I mean, they, they need bodies, and they certainly need wide receivers. This would be a prime time to maybe load up. But who knows? We'll see what happens in the draft. Maybe if there's a little bit more space. I mean, we're going to have undrafted free agents and everything else. They may bring him back to compete. Uh, but maybe they just want to kind of see where they're at. But that that would be my thought, and and I wouldn't expect them to really win anything. Um, all right, safest prospects. One of the first ones that comes to mind would be um, Peter Skaronsky. Um, I, I talked about this before, but I I just think from the standpoint of if he can't play tackle, he can play guard. He'll have a job somewhere. Um, Bijan. Not necessarily talking about, you know, whether it's a good pickup, you know, but just in terms of I would be confident that he'd be a good football player. So that's two. Um, I should probably stand on my uh, Devin Witherspoon thing. I've been hyping him up for a while, so I'll go with that. I will add in, hmm, tempted to just go tackles here. Darnell Wright and Broderick Jones. Not to say that they're going to be elite, but I do think that they'll be solid football players. So I got the three tackles, I got Bijan, I got Witherspoon. We'll go with that. I did not add Paris Johnson in there. Um, I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigba could potentially be one of those guys, but I don't really know. I'd also be tempted to put Darnell Washington in there just because I think he has a relatively high floor of being, you know, Mercedes Lewis. It's not to say he's going to meet his ceiling, but I think even if he hits the floor, he's not going to be that bad. He'll be able to block, and he'll be able to do some damage somewhere on the field. So I'll give you a sixth. How about that? Brian, I was wondering if you could do me a favor and uh, maybe consider putting uh, Joe the Janders pitcher on the side of a milk carton up there. Yeah. Uh, the guy's been missing for quite a while, and I'm starting to get a little bit concerned. Uh, just uh, putting a shout out there. Hope he's doing okay. Have a good one. Yeah, we had a, a, a quite a few callers kind of drop out. I wonder what uh, Joe's up to. I haven't, definitely haven't heard from him for a while. Uh, we could do a couple more calls, but we only have five left, which is probably not even enough for tomorrow. So I want to preserve as many as possible. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, please get it in, 608-501-0718. And uh, hopefully I'll be talking to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. And Joe, take care, man. Bye-bye.